Hello, everyone. Welcome to a very special last episode of Uncanny Treks on Filmation Star Trek for the year 2023. I am Bob in Cascadia. That is Matt in the Southland. Tonight, we are talking about the Turrition Incident from the 17th of November, 1973. That is the 11th episode of the Filmation Star Trek cartoon. Then we are talking about Time Trap, the 12th episode from the 24th of November, 1973. Matt, how the hell are you doing tonight? Pretty well, Bob. 50 years of Star Trek animation. This is not the best, but it's still pretty good. Next year, it'll be uh, 51 years or 50 (laughs) years, depending on which season we're in. It'll vary. Matt, do you want to walk us through the uh, plot of the uh, the Turrition incident? The Enterprise has its bottle city of Candor Adventure, which is to say they shrink. And I want to add, Bob, they tried to make it like Gulliver's Travels. And I think the planet is not called Turrition, but I'm going to call it Turrition because why not? Um, But the the geological appearance uh, of it from space... With its eruptions and crystals, and uh, when Kirk is beamed down later in the episode, that was pretty cool. I enjoyed that part of the episode. Uh, an- another neat thing from this episode was we have uh, the Enterprise having both gossamer mice and halo fish, these made-up animals that are supposed to be super sensitive that test environmental conditions. I thought that was awesome, and I've never thought about that, but it's so sciencey. What we would do anyway, we would take these animals into space to see how they react to different things. We were sending up different animals before we sent humans. Uh, but then they start talking science, Bob. And I just don't think it's very accurate. I'm not a scientist. You you don't think the distance between atoms and the human body is the same relative distance as the distance between stars, Matt? No, I don't think that's true. But McCoy sounded so persuasive. They start talking about shrinking the space between the atoms and making it smaller. I I was able to go with it because it was a Saturday morning cartoon, but hopefully no kid brought that up in science class. This was the first appearance of DNA in the Star Trek. I don't think the original series ever got into DNA. Please, Bob, Kirk's DNA was everywhere in the O.C. Yeah, in the the spirit of this episode, uh, like Kirk, have you ever had to measure your own shrinkage? No, Bob, never had to measure my own shrinkage. Also in this episode, we learn that uh, the Enterprise, the 1701 Enterprise, has a Neelix. That Neelix is a woman named Briel. Any any thoughts on the Enterprise having a Neelix? Is this a new character? Yeah. I'm glad I I included this uh, this prototypical Neelix. To, in a very sexist way, complain about how... uh, women's rings were falling off and they were getting hysterical uh did you catch who voiced her it's michelle barrett right nope who was it who else would it be if it's not michelle barrett? james Doohan. good guess but no who else would it be it's gotta be michelle nichols to get back to the original series uh and specifically this episode so i feel like maybe i'm making this up but i feel like in the past Chekhov is usually the bloodthirsty one on uh, the original star trek show but here, it's kind of funny to see Sulu play the role. He really, really wants to blow up the bottled city of Kandor. He really wants to do it. Why wouldn't you? Is it like stepping on an ant bed? Uh, the voices of the bottled city of Kandor people were so annoying, and their their diction was so annoying from the script, that I wouldn't have minded had they been blown up. That's certainly There you go. They're ants. All right. <laughs> Speaking of ants, Matt, should we go to character of the week? No, Bob. I, I want to make one more point before, before we... we before. I'm going to give this show some credit for being very creative with the way that the transporter would put the characters back together at the correct size because it's like the buffer knew what their DNA was supposed to do. That was actually smart. I was watching this, I'm like, this is stupid. Then they did that and I was like, you actually have to have half a brain to figure that one out. That's pretty good. I saw that they were using the transporter to solve it, and then I just stopped paying attention because how many how many episodes of Star Trek have they used the transporter to solve it? Maybe it's I'm so used to that kind of plot that when they went back to it, I was back home. The good old trick, solving everything with a transporter. 
the theme of this episode is you having very thoughtful things about things you've DM'd me or things that happened on the episode. And I was just like, yeah, I didn't really pay attention to that. Sometimes I don't think I pay attention to the episode. Apparently I pay attention too much. <laughs> you don't pay attention enough. I always thought it was the other way around. It varies. Your dynamic is switching. I'm getting way too up in the weeds sometimes. And you're like, uh, that happened. Who is your character of the week for the uh, tuition? I'm giving it to the Lilliputians as a whole. The whole colony of people. The little tiny okay. people. I'm going to give it to Nurse Chapel. She had a lot of screen time this episode for some reason. She wanted to get that laser, and by God, she got that laser, man. Strange New Worlds in this cartoon has shot up the rankings of Nurse Chapel. She's getting a much bigger role in everything. It, it is surprising how much she is on this show, but I'm here for it. I like Nurse Chapel. Do you want to give us the plot of the time trap? The Enterprise and Klingon Commander Corps cruiser Clothos battle in the Delta Triangle, and both are lost in it among a ship graveyard. Once they get into the Delta Triangle, we have the Sargasso Sea of old ships, as they call it. And it's a cool visual. It does remind me, and obviously this is not that close, but it does remind me of the graveyard of ships after Wolf 359. Yeah, it's more like a junkyard. Matt doesn't care for these designs. No, it's more, more like a junkyard. I did not get yeah. Wolf 359 vibes. Among the junkyard of ships, um, we do have Scotty identify the Bonaventure, which he says is the, the missing uh, first warp drive ship from Earth. That does require some creative explanation of how the Bonaventure is different from the Phoenix in the first contact. This was actually very interesting because I wanted to know the answer to this after you posed this question in the notes. So I went and Googled it. And the woman that's on the Elysian Council in the white uniform is possibly a yeah. from the crew of that ship. And that's a Starfleet uniform, yeah, like pre-discovery. old Starfleet uniform. Right. Well, I guess technically it wouldn't necessarily be a Starfleet uniform. I think the explanation would be... The Phoenix was just a rocket that Zephyrin Cochran added warp drive to, whereas the Bonaventure would be a ship designed to have warp drive. The, the Bonaventure has the version 2.0 of Cochran's warp drive, okay. the one designed for the space travel. But the Wright Brothers plane didn't fly very far, but it did fly. Whereas they got a commercial plane. The first commercial yeah. flight, the first like military yeah. plane, a whole different yeah. thing. Yeah, so in the Triangle, like you mentioned, we have the Elysian Council of people stranded in the Triangle, and they say there's 123 species. Do you want to run down the list of species we see on the Elysian yeah. Council? They say there's 123 species, they gave us eight. And guess what? We know all of them. <laughs> Orion, Romulan, Klingon, Kazenti, Andorian, Zindi, Insectoid, Velosian, Aquan, Vulcan, Tellurite, Human, Gorn, and Sigian. This is actually the first time we see a Kazenti because they've it, just been mentioned before. It's not exactly the same design. Like the ears are a little weird, a little fishy, a little funny. The design that you see on Lower Decks and that you'll see in the later episode when we cover it next year, the Slaver Weapon, that's a little different. The, uh, the Zindi actually aren't introduced till Enterprise, but um, Bob is calling makes, them the Zindi. They're not really the Zindi. Yeah. It makes sense uh, to say that because the insectoid does look a lot like the Zindi insectoid. I mean, the Zindi be Zorak. They do, they do look like Zorak too. I forget his species name, but they do look like Zorak. Uh, the Aquan appears to be a woman in a breathing helmet, although Aquans haven't shown up before. They will show up in a later episode, although that design also looks pretty different in the later episode. 
I don't think we've ever seen Sigians before either. That was the uh, Oracle chick. That's 15 species. That's pretty respectable. But uh, we get to see, uh, maybe not all of them, but a lot of them on the Enterprise because Kirk just loves to have a banquet, Matt. He's going to have a banquet under any circumstances. When is it not a good time to throw a banquet on a starship, Bob? Spock would say when his dad is visiting, it's not a good time to have a banquet. <laughs> but uh, who cares? When you're stranded, throw a banquet. You got a tight deadline before you can escape this Delta Triangle. But before you escape that Delta Triangle, party down with everybody else in the Delta Triangle. You've got to Megazord your two ships together. Did you understand that part, Bob? No, Why did, did they not. needed to use the power of both their ships, but they also had to be like on top of each other? It's a well-known trope uh, from animation that your powers have to combine. I wish they would have done something cooler with it. You know what I mean? Because even at this that, time, that you still had some of it. to look like Captain Planet or Power Rangers. I wanted to freaking phase <laughs> them through together and make a Klingon Enterprise ship or some cool thing with wings. We've joked before about back in the 90s, really the only episode of the animated series that was considered canon was the Yesteryear episode, the one about Spock's backstory. A neat little fact I did pick up from Memory Alpha, uh, the name of Commander Kor, who was the first Klingon we were introduced to way back in Errand of Mercy, the original Star Trek episode. The name of his uh, battlecruiser being the Clothos does show up in the DS9 episodes where Kor is. They mentioned that ship. So that was canon, too. I, I remember the name of that. That ship's rang a bell with me. <laughs> For my character of the week. Who'd you go with, Matt? I went with McCoy, Bob. He just wanted to dance. <laughs> In the, in the past few episodes, we've really seen McCoy's uh, throw down his A-game in terms of macking. There was him bragging about how he saved literally everybody's life on the ship multiple times. I feel like he's just, he has his own character love machine, and <laughs> I don't think that was in TOS. No, I, maybe in that first episode where uh, he meets that old flame of his who's now a salt vampire, but not, not for most of the show. He's just a charming um, southern doctor. He is. He went to Ole Miss, like me. I, I, I'll go for the character of the week for me, the Orion woman. It's pretty amusing to hear Nichelle Nichols' voice in Orion woman, so I'll give it to her. And Bob, what was with the Orion woman? Why do they have to dress her like that? We don't see that kind of thing in Lower Decks. That feels like a trap, so I'm not going to answer <laughs> it. It is a trap. <laughs> you got to get up pretty early in the morning to cancel old Bob. Matt. He's not just going to be easily canceled. We'll do a recap of the whole Filmation Star Trek show next year. The plan is we'll cover Lower Decks Season 5 when it drops, and then we'll cover the end of uh, Filmation Star Trek Season 1 as well as Star Trek Season 2. But since that's a year or so away, I thought we could do like a little mini check-in here. So Matt, we've seen 12 Filmation Star Trek episodes. Uh, nine are original, more or less, and then we had uh, three sequel episodes. Do you want to tell the people what the three episodes we've had are? The three episodes are More Tribbles, More Troubles, Once Upon a Planet, and Mud's Passion. Matt, between the nine original ones and then those three sequels, do you generally prefer the originals or do you prefer the sequels? I'm leaning towards the originals. The whole sequels never do as well as the original. That's a rule. The, the originals do a good job of doing very original series style ideas uh, that they may not have been easily able to do for budget reasons in the original series. So that that's cool. It, it builds out the world a little more. The Harry Mudd episodes are not so great that I feel that disappointed by the sequels right yeah but especially trouble with tribbles one of the all-time great star trek episodes the uh, the sequel more tribbles more troubles pretty underwhelming pretty underwhelming the biggest tribble what more could you ask for oh of those original episodes matt what's your favorite episode so far all right bob this might be a little controversial but it's the uh magics of meganus 2 you know, I once listened to an episode of another Star Trek podcast about the animated series where the co-host argued that 
that was one of the greatest TV episodes of all time. It was on par with the Sopranos finale, <laughs> the, the Twin Peaks, the return finale. I don't feel that way. My, my opinion is not that strong on this episode, but I imagine it's what an acid trip would feel like. I tried my theory that Matt likes it because he thinks it's one of the greatest episodes of TV ever made. Let me try a different tack. You like it because you love the devil. You're a Satanist, Matt. No, Bob, I'm not a Satanist. I do like that they have incorporated this religious stuff into it to try to explain it with space aliens. That's kind of cool. Yeah, have the devil be a, a sympathetic uh, character for babies on a Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah, you're uh, right, Bob. That is why I like it. Hail Satan. That's why. Magic's Omegas 2. It's a great episode, Bob. If, if I was going to make someone watch the show and watch one episode, it would be this one just because of how batshit crazy it is. It is a pretty good representative of the insanity of the show. Uh, if you think this is hilarious and you don't mind watching and you can get into it, you'll probably enjoy the rest of these episodes. I'm, I am going to think about the three-handed stockade for Eric's for the rest of my life. That's just in my brain for some reason. And that's when it goes off the rails, too. When it switches to that trial piece, you're like, what the hell just happened? When it becomes <laughs> Gene Roddenberry's The Crucible. It just adds to the insanity of it. All right, Bob, yeah. what was your least your uh, favorite episode? I, I already talked about this on a prior episode, but the episode of The Survivor with the Vendorian shapeshifter, uh, mainly because of childhood nostalgia for the uh, novelization, which I dearly loved as a kid. I remember reading it at church instead of going to a church service. Also, the recent excellent way uh, Lower Decks used the Vendorians in the Caves episode also increases my affection for uh, Survivor. I, I enjoyed that episode as well, too. Great episode. And the introduction of the, the Vendorians and seeing them in Lower Decks, that was cool. That was a really good example of timing for yeah. our podcast. So Matt, what's your least favorite episode? Bob, I was expecting More Triples, More Troubles to be more memorable, but it was not. My least favorite would be Yesteryear. Um, it's the most important canonically, but it's the least entertaining. Granted, they made the right call and they didn't put young Spock and his pet Shayala onto the show as regulars, but just the threat that they might have was a horrifying threat, you know? Little Spock's voice was terrible. That's Jimmy Doohan needed to get up on that and get some more money. <laughs> Jimmy Doohan to do that. This isn't a, a, a favorite or a least favorite, but I will just throw out, I was shocked at how much better Infinite Vulcan was than I remembered it. Uh, that was a fun episode. I, do, I enjoy that one. Who's your favorite character of uh, Filmation Trek thus far, Matt? Bob Spock is owning this cartoon. That's true. I mean, we got to see him at giant size, Matt. What more could you ask for? You've seen Spock. Spock's everywhere now. I'm going to give it to Eric's, and there's literally nothing to the character, but I like him. My least favorite character is Maress. For that one episode where she purred after everything she said. You're just very afraid of becoming a furry, Matt, and you resent Maress. No, it freaked me out. That episode ruined the character for me, Bob. Change the subject to spare, Matt. I will say uh, I was uh, unexcited about the return and the execution of the return of Cyrano Jones. Uh, even though Trouble <laughs> with Tribbles is a great episode, Cyrano Jones, not a great character. That was random. After retroactively thinking back to this, Harry Mudd in the last couple episodes, in the last episode we reviewed, not my favorite either. That's why we need to remake that episode with Rain Wilson, baby. Exactly. <laughs> it could be okay if it was live action, maybe, and we had decent yeah. actors and a better script. Basically, if everything was different. We're just saying bring back Harry to it differently. <laughs> Matt, any surprises about uh, the first half of Filmation Star Trek? These aren't as bad as I originally thought they were going to be looking at stills of the animation that I'd seen mm -hmm. in the past. If you can get past the shoddy animation... There was some thought actually put into these. I thought these were going to be disposable garbage. You know, just like kind of like when we 
when we did our other podcast, when X Men Two versus Young Justice, we so started off reviewing some of those '60s cartoons. Uh, the '60s Teen Titans cartoons. I was thinking it was going to be that, and that I didn't want to watch two seasons of, because yeah, I mean, that was shoddy the, animation that they just threw the on the TV. Anim- the animation of Filmation Star Trek is worse than Pride of the X Men, but I have to say the writing is much better. Well, the writing is way better. And I refer to those those really shoddy yeah, yeah, cartoons of the '60s, 60s and '70s. Scene. The thing that surprises me at this point is that um, I'd read the novelizations of some of these as a kid, but I didn't actually see them till they were on Netflix in the 2010s, and. I'm surprised uh, how much I'd forgotten about some of them, especially because I saw Infinite Vulcan and Once Upon a Planet eight years ago or so, and I had forgotten a lot of it. Although I, think I was grading while I was watching these back then. Bob, you can't just have these awesome things on in the background. You have to pay full attention. <laughs> so this has been uh, Uncanny Tracks, uh, wrapping up our coverage of Filmation Star Trek for 2023. We'll be back on it in 2024 when Lower Decks returns. Uh, join us for our ongoing coverage of comics. We'll get back on that X-Men 92 versus Young Justice kick very soon. We'll hope you'll be there for that. Uh, have a great night, everybody. Thanks for listening.